and you're listening to the Independence News Hour on WBAI Radio in New York. I'm John Tarleton, the Indies editor in chief. I'm joined today by my colleague and co-host Amber Gagarian. Amber, it's great to have you joining us. Thanks, John. It's great to be with you and our listeners on ninety nine point five FM and streaming on WBAI.org. And we've got an exciting show today. In our first segment, uh, we're going to look at the demands for justice for excluded workers, undocumented New Yorkers, and people recently released from incarceration who lost their jobs due to the pandemic and who have not received government assistance. There's a push underway to establish a $3.5 billion fund in the New York State budget to provide them emergency income assistance. A group of excluded workers and their allies have been hunger-striking for the past week to call attention to the cause. The Senate and Assembly recently passed one-house budgets that include $2.1 billion in funding for excluded workers. This is far less than what the campaigners say is necessary to ensure weekly payments on par with the unemployment benefits other workers have received. The proposed $3.5 billion fund is one of the central demands of the months-long grassroots Tax the Rich campaign. Joining us in just one moment to talk about this is Glenn Contave. He is a member of Black Lives Matter of Greater New York, who has been hunger striking since Friday in solidarity with the excluded workers. He's also active with Long Island Jobs with Justice. None of the excluded workers was available to speak with us today. So Glenn is going to tell us how the hunger strike is going and what a victory in this struggle would mean. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here, John. You bet. So, so first of all, can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to join this hunger strike with the excluded workers and, and what it's uh, been like to be on hunger strike? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I joined this, this hunger strike in solidarity with excluded workers. And the reason being is because um, at the end of the day, I heard this quote, um, I heard this quote where it was like, if you ever wondered what you were doing during the civil rights movement, you're doing it right now. And so bottom line, since Christopher Columbus touched the shores in this hemisphere, there has been an active decision-making process in terms of who matters and who does not. And we're talking about human beings. We're talking about families, mothers, fathers who are in extreme distress. And we need to stand by them to make sure that they get the support that every other American was entitled to. The people who have been excluded workers are legitimately paying into our tax system, but are not reaping into the benefits of what they're being put into. They're at the bottom of the rung, and it's just absolutely insane that they're not getting the support. So I'm willing to do everything that I can uh, within my power to make sure that they get the support that they desperately need. And how are you doing? You haven't eaten since Friday and in- some of your comrades haven't eaten since last Tuesday. How are you and, and, and the others holding up? Yeah, um, a little hungry, <laughs> but um, um, all right, all things considered, we've been, um, yeah, the, the organizers that are here making sure that we're, we have uh, water and we're properly hydrated um, and that we have, uh, yeah, the proper electrolytes. So like we're surviving, but it definitely hurts. I'm only 27, so I don't know what it feels like to age, really, but everything is moving really slowly. It's hard to to walk from A to B, to stand up. Everything requires a lot more energy. And um, tell you the truth, um, some of the older women who have, they're almost twice my age, or they're on day, um, yeah, they're on day eight. Um, 
the energy ebbs and flows, but they're so strong and I don't know where they get it from. Maybe, um, you know, having to work through the pandemic. No, sorry, that was dark. Um, but I- I'm wondering about the inspiration of choosing um, a hunger strike. I mean, it's clearly a very, you know, a strong way um, to make a political statement, but it's quite a feat. So could you tell us a little bit about how you guys came to that decision or how that decision was come to, to choose it as an organizing method? Yeah, so here's the thing. At the advent of the pandemic, um, you know, people, even Americans were waiting for a stimulus that was absolutely insufficient. People were waiting for unemployment insurance, but especially a lot of the excluded workers, they were cut out of their jobs immediately. And so it was up to community organizations. It was up to food pantries and churches to do step up and do the job that the government refused to do. And I'm talking about like literally feed people. And so the reality is a lot of the people who are on this hunger strike, um, you know, they're doing it because they're pushing to change their lives. But at the same time, this feeling of hunger is nothing new to them. This is something that they've been accustomed to throughout the pandemic, unfortunately. And it's a sad reality that we have to push to this extreme to actually get these voices heard. But this is what it is. And and can you talk about... uh your daily routine with the others uh, understand you're st- staying at a Judson Memorial church. So what are your daily uh, activities like and uh, what, what kind of events are y'all holding? Yeah. Um, so over the weekend, there was uh, a massive rally um, that had to do with taxing, taxing the rich, impeaching FOMO and pushing for the excluded workers fund. Um, after that, there was uh, a march uh, to Carl Heastie's house that went down. And then from there, um, I mean, there's a bunch of like organizers who are coming together to hold, whether it's various teach-ins or workshops about everything from immigration policy to what it means to invest in New York. Uh, We had a concert uh, Saturday evening. So it was like everything you'd expect in a party minus the food and drink, um, (laughs) which was awesome. Um, But yeah, I mean, like the Make the Road New York, New York Communities for Change, like all of the organizations that are putting this putting this operation together have been really, um, really strategic in terms of ensuring that we, um, like each day that we're receiving, whether it's political education um, or any sort of just different workshops to um, empower ourselves mentally while we're going through this this physical trauma, really, um, mm. and at the same time. Um, yeah, there's, you know, various interviews. Um, and in terms of my personal day, like, I thank God that I'm still able to to work online. Um, so I'm still working throughout the day as well. And, and uh, real quick, uh, how many of you are currently on hunger strike and how many have been on hunger strike uh, since the hunger strike began last Tuesday? Yeah, so there are, uh, at any given point, there's 15 people uh per day were hunger striking. Um, as far as people uh, from the beginning, I believe it's um, it's two. And like, it's just speak, speaking to the to the danger of, of what this is, like there, um, there are people who have had to, to go home because their blood pressure got a little bit high. Um, you know, there, there are medical volunteers who are checking on us uh, on the daily. And like, there are people who are coming in with conditions like uh, like diabetes, like hypertension, and they know exactly what they're signing up for. But like, 
at this point, they're at their wit's end and it doesn't even matter anymore. And so that's, that's, this is is the reality that we're facing. And this is, yeah, we have no choice. Yeah. And speaking about the rally that you mentioned on Saturday, um, we were able to go and uh, see what you guys were doing and the, and the setup that you had at um, Judson um, and speak with um, Ana Ramirez, who we heard earlier in the show. And she actually sang a song um, that she wrote during a songwriting, like a resistance songwriting workshop um, that was held for uh, you all. And we're going to listen to it here. Aquí están los huelguistas, aquí están los huelguistas, ya tienen voz, ya tienen voz, ya tienen voz, exigiendo los fondos, exigiendo los fondos, para el arroz, para el arroz. Ahí arriba, ahí arriba, ahí arriba, ahí arriba, deben saber, deben saber, deben saber, ya van más de 100 horas, ya van más de 100 horas de no comer, de no comer, de no comer. So that was Anna singing, obviously, a song that she wrote to the, the tune of La Bamba. Um, and she says in it that she, at that point, had not eaten for 100 hours and that she was going to keep going, um, which, you know, uh, makes me wonder what it's been like to organize with people who are standing up to a government that has reaped the benefits of their labor over the past year of strife, but has not provided them with any pandemic relief. Yeah, Anna is literally a superhero um i don't know where i don't know where she gets her energy i just hope that when i'm her age that i can be the same i think i'll be in good shape if that's the case but i mean when you hear the stories of the legitimate trauma that people went through i mean it's the fact that they're persevering and operating at this level is incredible a lot of people have had issues with landlords or in tens of thousands of dollars of debt and keep in mind if you're undocumented there is no minimum wage, right? So like, even if you're in 10 grand in debt, like that's your yearly salary. So they're really deep in the hole. And of course, a lot of them have been um, exposed to COVID in ways that we're going to find out about years later because the negligence that's happened in, whether it's the, whether it's the supermarkets, um, yeah, whether it's, whether it's in the supermarkets or in a lot of the restaurants, like in the beginning, at the beginning of the pandemic, people were cutting corners and a lot of people died as a result. And so they're literally dealing with the trauma of lost relatives, with the stress of pressure from landlords, the fact that as New York, we failed to cancel the rent, and yet they're persevering and they're pushing through this hunger strike to change people's lives and to get people the funds that they need. Yes, and, and, and we're going to go here in a, in a moment to a, a clip of uh, State Senator Julia Salazar from North Brooklyn, who uh, also spoke at Saturday's Tax the Rich rally as she stood in front of a a group of hunger strikers in Washington Square Park. So, to- your your thoughts on that? 
uh, on what State Senator uh, Salazar had to say? Um, I mean, plus one, plus one, plus one. Like she's she's absolutely right, and like even beyond what she said. I mean, like the fact that we have that we now have working class people who are in positions of power who have been close to the pain and understand and understand what it is like. You see, you see that in their statements. You see that in their policy. You see that in how they write up budgets, moral documents. Like we literally need more working people in office. Point blank. Period. Right, and, and um, the the proposal that y'all are making for the excluded workers fund is a, a part of the bigger push for the Invest in Our New York Act. Uh, can you just lay that out really, uh, really quick, quickly for our listeners? Yeah. So we're pushing for three point five billion dollars to be allocated into an excluded workers fund. The idea is that payments would start from April to the end of December, and then there would be retroactive payments up through the beginning of the pandemic. So it's a payment structure that's pretty much unprecedented um, and extremely necessary. And the bottom line is that New York City has the highest concentration of billionaires in the world. And you see the amount of wealth that has been accumulated in the top top 1% throughout this pandemic. Like, they have the money. It's it's really, it's it's really shameful to say, but we're fighting for crumbs here. Mm. And before we uh, go here, is there any contact info you'd like to share with our listeners who might want to support the excluded workers or your hunger strike or get involved in the final push to pass the Invest in Our New York Act? New York Act? Yeah, by all means. Um, on Instagram and on Twitter, you can follow the FEW Coalition. It's F-E-W Coalition. And then for any additional info, you could go to fundexcludedworkers.org slash hunger dash strike. That's fundexcludedworkers.org slash hunger dash strike. Or you just go to fundexcludedworkers.org and you can go from there. But the centralized information is all right there. Awesome. Uh, Glenn Contave, thank you so much for joining us on WBAI Radio. Appreciate you. Peace and blessings, y'all. Thank you. When we come back, we will talk about the future of mass transit in New York and efforts to make sure Governor Cuomo doesn't redirect transit funding to other pet causes of his before the state budget wraps up next week. Una pierna que respiran, veneno de serpiente, por el camino de comenzado entusiasmado y alegre. Dice. <risa> Pasaporte. ¿A dónde va por ahí, Minario? Con esta noche tan fea. Usted no se anima. Mire cómo está el camino. Anegadito. No, hombre, compa. El camino es lo de menos. Lo importante es llegar. Pero... Tengo todo antiguo. 